You are listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Good days. Welcome to the Good Days podcast with Eddie and Charlie. And uh, again, we are just a couple of guys that have about 70 plus years of uh, experience in youth and college ministry. And we've just had a blast doing this um, podcast. So thank you for listening. And uh, hopefully you are not just enjoying it, but you are learning and growing through the principles shared on this podcast. This podcast originally um, started with this idea that Charlie wrote an article a few years ago of 30 things or 30 principles he's learned in the 30 plus years of ministry. We were walking through those principles. And um, last week we talked about the principle of honor and really we just scratched the surface. And so we're going to come back and do a part two with the idea of developing a culture of honor so, Charlie, help us to understand this. Let's go further. Let's go deeper into this topic. Well, we got a lot of responses from last week's podcast, uh, some texts and different uh, follow-up email stuff about taking that to the next level. And we want to anyway. Good. I mean, it, w- it, was, it was one of those things where we finished, and it's like, wow, we, we didn't go nearly as deep as we wanted to. And we just ran out of time. I mean, there's so many things that we can talk about on this particular subject, and yet we want to keep this podcast between 20 and 25 minutes for just to respect the time of of people in ministry because their time is precious. So I'm glad we're doing a part two on this. Well, the response, again, has been amazing that, that we need to create a culture of honor in our organizations. And, and a lot of people uh, know what they don't like. And we can easily identify the things that we don't agree with, mm-hmm. but crafting, creating something that uh, that respects and honors others is not an easy thing to do. It takes time. And so we came up with a different list. Now, this list is a compilation of a lot of things. Good. I mean, when I think about uh, uh, different people that I've heard speak, um, if you ever had me in class, you know that I love taking notes. I take notes on everything. I'm driving down the, the road and I hear something on the radio and I'll take notes on, on that. How are you taking notes when you're driving down the road there, Charlie? Come on. Dude, and now you just hit that button, you know, your hands free and is, you just speak to text. <laughs> speak to text. I tell yeah. you what, I love the speak to text. I'm glad that was created. Yeah, and sometimes the autocorrect, I, I, I got to make sure I double proofread that because <laughs> I sent something out the other day that <laughs> wasn't correct. The autocorrect did something that you didn't want to have happen. <laughs> you can get in trouble, you know that. <laughs> Bro. I mean, but you're driving down the road and and you know, you're always worried about somebody else. I was I was uh simply passing somebody that was not going the speed limit. So I wasn't going over the speed limit. <laughs> At least not that much. In order to pass no, them. Yeah, it was you need to get in that path. It was just all legit. 
And uh, it was one of those things where you can't help it, but you want to look over at him. It's like, why? What's wrong with <laughs> like, you, bro? What's why are you going this slow? Yeah, it's like, come on now. I mean, you're going the minimum, not the maximum. Yeah, and we're on a freeway, right? And you got to re- you got to resist the urge just to kind of glean over, like you know, look at him and. You know, that and was then that. you feel bad when it's a little old lady that's just like crouched over the steering wheel and can't really see over it. Yeah, because we were buzzing through Atlanta, you know, and this is Sunday and, and coming back from Atlanta. And it's like cars are just whipping by and some is just like right in the middle lane. Right, just going yeah. super slow. Going super slow. And and this happens at Starbucks, too. Yes, it When does. you're going through the drive-thru where I'm, I've been texting, you know, I, I order, pre-order, whatever. So yeah. I'm trying to get out of there this morning and man if you get in somebody's way who's going through the drive through mm, watch out holy buckets that's bad days it's bad days. Good days it's not i mean the death stare <laughs> like right. it oh. was aggressive today they're, they're they're waving the birdie you know <laughs> that's so aggressive starbucks I know, and all I did is just smile. I wasn't doing anything. I was just like observing it all. Next thing, they're looking at me, and I'm just walking in. It's like, hey, hey, how's it going? Good day, waving at him. Happy Easter. That's right. Jesus is risen. Did they say he is risen? Indeed. Nope. No, that it's just uh, it's hard to craft a culture that where you love and respect people, and it's it's not an easy thing to do. We we just don't do that enough. we don't we don't honor our elders, um, you know, nearly enough. We don't honor um, our parents, you know. And maybe that's one of the things you're going to touch on today as well. But um, help, help us to understand this more fully and dive through some of these principles. You said seven seven principles, seven more additional principles on the culture of honor. And again, what I was leading up to before we took that like little <laughs> that was a good little detour though. Yeah, it is is on my notes. Um, I've got, you know, people in there that I don't know where I got some of these principles. I don't remember. Right. Um, right. It might have been Dan Seaborn one time years yeah. ago I heard him. Or a hey, shout out to Dan. He's He's been a good friend for both from for both of us for years. So Zach Coffin. Yeah, Zach, good man. Even a conversation with Kerry Garcia right after yeah, Fusion. that's good. Uh, there's a guy named Dan Zimbardi that's at a church that wrote an article years ago that I read. So... This is going to go deep. I mean, we got a lot of stuff going on here. So uh, this is this is a lot. Well, I'll start with number one, and okay, this one's going to be a little bit tough. But uh, first off, which again, you might not agree with all of this, and so uh, this might not be something that you you. Uh, so we like. might offend our listening on audience today. Is that is that what you're saying? Well, it's just these are suggestions. Okay, good. these are emphatic statements. So number one is this: honor people, even though they might not deserve it. Mm. Okay. At that moment, in that moment, you're you're surrounded by people that you're leading, and they might have not done the job as well as you desired for mm-hmm. them to do. You mm-hmm. wanted them to do it, but you begin with honoring people, you know, even like, though they always don't deserve it. Yeah, and that could be our boss, or it could be someone who works for us, or a volunteer, and we should never publicly shame them. Right? right. We should always be publicly supporting them and honoring them, especially those, um, well, everyone, period. But um, uh, just a quick, quick story. I had a situation with, with you know, my CEO of the company I worked for and had my leadership team there. And it was a larger company. 
And he came in to kind of talk to my leadership team. And I did something stupid, Charlie, like really, really stupid. Um, I just said, hey, um, I, you know, instead of doing introductions to help him out, I said, hey, I, th- I think you know everybody. Like, you know, and I put him on the spot to kind of like name people. And that was the stu- as a young leader, I was stupid and I was not honoring him because how is he supposed to remember everybody's name in the in the organization and in the 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 the, the ort chart um, in a large company? And I should have just done the you know, hey everybody introduce yourself and tell something you know unique about yourself to kind of help and to honor my CEO. But I didn't. I put him on the spot on purpose, and it was it was almost like to humiliate him or shame him, and that was that was bad of me. Yeah, that's a tough one, Doc. I mean, we think about how how do we honor people that always don't deserve it well it's more than just that person it's about Mm -hmm. the culture Mm -hmm. i bet there's been times uh in our own personal life and everybody listening to this can probably remember a moment where something great was said about you and you were honored and you knew Mm -hmm. you didn't give your best Mm -hmm. you You, didn't deserve it yeah but what you're you're communicating to everybody is that we we respect you that's good and that that is that is more you're, you're, you, you as a person's more valuable than always what you do. Mm-hmm. Cause there's going to be times where they're going to probably do a better job than they get credit for. Yeah. And that's a part of it. So honoring people that always don't deserve it is it's, it's about culture again. It is. It's crafting a culture. In fact, you're almost, you're setting a bar that people want to ascend to. Mm-hmm. And so when they know that, that, you you honor them and you respect them. Now you're doing ministry with that person because you want to, not because you have to. That's good. You know, I remember I was listening to an Andy Stanley Andy Stanley leadership podcast one time, and he said something I've I've never forgotten. And so I want to challenge all of our pastors listening, especially in relationship to their lead pastor, and that is, um, you know, honoring our um, boss um, publicly honoring them and speaking well of them publicly gives us an opportunity to speak to them privately when it needs to be done. And so we do, we need to honor um, people even when they don't really necessarily deserve it. Yeah. Number two is a little bit tough too. Okay. But it it is uh, actually, it's out of Colossians three, but make space or make room for people's mistakes. Okay, good. Um, if I read, I'll read this for you right now. Colossians 3, 12, 13. Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for one another's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Not easy to do. Not easy to do. In a culture where, where, you know, we find great offense with anybody who mm-hmm. disagrees with us. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, we're dealing in our culture today, too. If you disagree with me, then I must go cancel you. Uh, and, and so this, this really flies in the face of that whole idea. And, 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 and in fact, tell, tell us that principle again, Charlie. So make space or make room for, for other people's mistakes yeah. within your ministry. You know, it, it is... Uh, um, it's forgiveness. You know, it's going back and recognizing that that they're, again, more valuable as a, as a person. 
than they are for their performance. Yes. And we obviously support and encourage people to do well with their craft, what they've been given. There's nothing wrong with performance. That's not a dirty word. Mm -hmm. But when people don't do well, they make a mistake. Um, I I remember hearing this uh, conversation. I'll, I'll leave names out. So it doesn't matter. You might not even know who this is anyway, but a person specifically saying it's like, Hey, I've, I failed. I've made these three mistakes. Why would you keep me on the team? And the response was now the next few years, you know what not to do and we can fix <laughs> all those problems. And, mm-hmm. and you're learning, you're growing. Yeah, you, you've, so now, now go back and reconcile all those relationships and those mistakes, learn from what, you've done in the past Mm -hmm. and and it it was an incredible thing to witness because everybody in the room it it sent a message to everybody you know like wow Mm -hmm. i i'm i i have more value and worth than just you know what i do right i think there's so many different ministries and this is hard that can be very performance based and we can feel like our worth and value is tied to our performance instead of our worth and value tied to our relationship with Christ. And that's a whole nother podcast that we can talk about there. But um, I, I like that principle. Thank, thank you, Charlie, for bringing that up. The third one, just out of these random notes, is be quick to, to apologize to people. Absolutely. Maybe be the first one. Now, we talked about this in the past a little bit with uh, the bait of Satan um, earlier in a podcast, but... When, when uh, there's a an offense, when there's a, a gap, when there's a, a difference, when there's bad blood between you and someone else, mm-hmm. take responsibility for it. Not easy to do. So this is so easy to do a podcast on this. I mean, this is the easiest part. No, to actually do it, that's the hard work. Yeah. But be the first one to go up and say, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and to, to own to own your own junk, your mm-hmm. own mistakes, your own sins, and and create even a culture of confession. Uh, uh, and if you're and as a leader, if you are demonstrating that, that's going to speak volumes um, into the rest of the organization, the rest of the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easy to say, not easy to not do. Not easy to do. Number four is uh, is one that that I think is kind of dear to my heart. I remember having a conversation with that coffin about this, but have an amount of reverence and respect for the for senior leadership, people that, that are, have come before you, mm-hmm. even if they're not in those positions currently. currently. But they've paved the way, they've gone before mm-hmm. you, and it's an opportunity for us to honor them. Yeah, and you, you have this, uh, especially those of you who are in, in a ministry where, you know, you're a subordinate to somebody else. They're above you, and they might be younger than you. They might be much, much older than you, and there's some type of translation gap in in, in the way that you like to communicate and the way they communicate. Mm-hmm. But but by showing a, a level of reverence, that's that's not a, a dirty thing. Again, it's not it's not a, a a lack of understanding your value and your worth. It, it's it's the 360 leader principle of leading up by showing reverence and respect, even if you disagree. And we're not talking about 
some moral objectable, objectionable type of issue. We're, we're talking about preferences. Yeah, preferences, leadership styles, mm-hmm. um, uh, preferences, exactly. You know, one of my heroes in my life is Coach Terry Porter. He was my college coach uh, when I was playing tennis here at IWU. And uh, he, is, he passed the, the baton or the mantle to me to coach the women's team. And then uh, and now I'm coaching the men's team as well. Every opportunity I get, I want to honor him before our players. And I want to speak well of him. And we still go over to his house um, once in the fall and once in the spring. And he has a spread of food. He and Betty have a spread of food for the team. And, 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 and so right when, before we're getting ready to pray, I usually some, say something to honor Terry and Betty and what they've meant in my lives and not just our lives to this program because we are, we're standing on the shoulders of those who've gone before us and he is not the coach and I may do things a little bit differently, but man, he's a legend and I'm grateful for him. Yeah. That's what we all want that down the road. Mm-hmm. It's what we expect from everybody else. It's good. Yeah. And we need to give it. Yeah. So the, the other one, the next one that's on the list number five is, is as leaders, whoever we're leading, we need to over deliver to the people that we're leading because that's what we expect from them. Mm. You know, you've heard it, you know, under, under promise, promise over deliver. We need to over deliver to the people that, that we're leading and show them how much that, that we value them. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no. And in fact, going beyond what you're saying is going beyond those expectations, going beyond what they're requiring of us uh, so that we can say, hey, we love you. We support you. We, it's a way to encourage our leadership. It's a way to go, I am highly invested in you and I'm highly invested in this organization. I'm highly invested in this church and I, I'm committed to that. And it's, it's a piece of even showing loyalty. I mean, that's a character quality that, that I sometimes, people don't value enough of being loyal to our leaders. And we show that by our work ethic and putting in that little extra bit that, that takes us, it takes that project or that event, um, uh, over, over the expectations. Yeah. Wow. Ed, when, when we keep on digging through this, um, the next one for us is it's number six. Yes. We have to be really careful, but, uh, don't rip people publicly. Mm-hmm. Uh, publicly, when you're in front of somebody and you have a concern or you you have an issue, do it private. Don't Be humiliate private. them. Don't shame them. Yeah. We've seen it happen before, and it's it's devastating to the culture. It is. And if you do it publicly, then you apologize publicly. Yeah, that's a great principle. You know, it's that idea that, you know, private wrongs or private sins should be confessed privately and made apologies privately, but public sins, public mistakes, public things need to also have a public confession or a public mm-hmm. apology. That's a great principle. I like that a lot. And I think this goes even, we're talking to like a lot of youth pastors, okay? And how many times are we tempted to shame a kid in front of everybody else because they're getting a little cocky or, you know, they're, they're not cooperating, they're belligerent, they're disobedient, they're whatever. And so we want to publicly kind of put them in their place. And then what that does is most of the time teenagers, what do they do? They bow up. Okay. They bow up physically. You can see it happen Mm -hmm. internally. Then it, 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 
you've got now got a mess on your hands and now we have this major conflict because that person feels like they have to save face and now we've created this dumpster fire publicly that didn't need to happen and instead we could have said hey can i talk to you real quick outside and privately spoke into their life instead of creating this massive conflict publicly in which they feel like they have to save face i i Charlie, I see this all the time in parenting. I see this all the time in youth ministry. This is a really, really good principle that we need to try to apply in our in our ministries here. So the last one here, and, and we might have a, just a couple moments for a couple bonuses. Okay, good. But uh, the last one is this is find, find something that you have in common with those you lead mm-hmm. and connect with them there. Mm-hmm. Find something some point of, of interest that, that, that you're trying to connect with them. That's outside of, we have to get the job done. I was uh, uh, trying to figure this out with a, a person who I love and respect, but there wasn't that natural chemistry. Right. And you, you want this culture where, where you have these relationships, but it, it just was, it's just a, it's just one of those things where, you know, normally you, you wouldn't hang out with them, generally speaking. Right. It's just that, right. You know, outside styles, of work, you wouldn't hang out with them. Yeah. They're, you know, outside the church or the ministry. I mean, that's your, your common denominator is the ministry that you're doing. But I yeah. found what this person loved, you know, and I found the team that they loved, which is almost exact opposite of the team that I loved. But as soon as I started talking to them about that sport, instantly it's like, you know, common ground, common ground, things to talk about. And people had no idea that this person actually loved that sport. Wow. But I found that out. And next thing you know, you, you have, know, you have some common territory yes. and things to talk about and things to bond over. Yes. I was actually at a game and, uh, uh, with one of the, with their team and brought back a little momentum, you know, yes. and, and, a little gift. Yeah. It's like, Hey, you know, just any way. That's a way to honor them. Yeah. Just the things that they are interested in, they like, mm-hmm. and you will then speak or not speak into it, but you will share that interest with them, even yeah. though you're not very interested. Exactly. Yeah. You're interested in them. Right. So, so, so Charlie, that's, that's what I, that's what I do with you. <laughs> I talk about Michigan and Tom Brady, but really I don't like Tom Brady. No, he's, the, he, he, he's, he's the goat. He's the undisputable <laughs> goat. 100%. No doubt. Completely. I don't want to hear it. Hey coach, do we have time for just a couple? Yeah, bonuses? we do. Yeah. We got a couple of bonus. Here we go. All right. This one, this one, like, was it? You know, they're just digging through notes, whatever. But uh, in a culture of honor, and, and I'm asking this question to you and, and to people who are listening right now, but isn't it also recognizing people's gifts and talents and just not their position? Yeah, absolutely. And, and honoring those gifts. For example, if if you have somebody that that, you know, they haven't been with you for years or, you know, they haven't proved it over time. They might be younger in the organization. Maybe they're younger in their their age range, you know. Mm-hmm. So they might be uh, uh, new to your ministry, or they just might be young generally. But you recognize when God has gifted somebody uniquely, and you honor God's giftings. 
mm-hmm. in other people. Not easy to do. Not easy to do at all. Especially if there's not a culture that's being developed, other people around you. It's hard for us, and those around us, to celebrate people who are uniquely gifted. In fact, right. it's it's we don't do that very well at all. But when you recognize a gift in someone, you you honor the gift. I agree. That's 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 a great principle. Wow. Yeah, not an easy one uh, to, to think through, but something we face on a regular basis when, you know, some freshman walks in on campus, some some kid in your ministry who who who, you know, is new in the last couple of months, and and they are uniquely gifted in in worship and music. You know, but they've not been around a lot. And all of a sudden, how do you work that person in? And, yeah. And and it's a combination of things. It's not something that simple. Obviously, there has to be the character and the heart and the commitment. Right. Clearly. But when you're around people and God has gifted them uniquely, it doesn't say anything Ce- about. Celebrate it. Yeah. It's not about you or, or people around you. It's about God. Mm-hmm. When God does something amazing in someone we need to be sensible enough and, and honest enough and, and humble enough. enough and humble enough and spirit filled enough yes. to recognize, wow, yeah. that's God. Yeah. Recognize God's, God's blessing and the, 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 the gifts that are present in someone else's life. And, and it, sometimes it's hard for a minute if we don't have that, you know, that's that, that's the humility part. Is just to recognize that, wow, that is an awesome gift. And not be jealous of it or envious of it, but in a in a, in the spirit and in purely celebrate that gift that God has given them. You know, that's the beauty of ministry. The older you get is is you you become a platform for someone else. Mm-hmm. You're the platform that they stand on. Mm-hmm. And that that's the beauty of it. It is. Okay, can we give them a, a parting warning shot? Okay, here we go. All across li- the bow. Here's the warning shot. Don't argue on social media. Don't. Don't. Ooh. don't. Bro, that's an entire podcast. Yeah. It is. Don't don't get on social media and use it as a platform to, to air your grievances against the church, against certain leaders, against fill in the blank, right? Yeah. I think social media for Christians and especially for pastors, I think is an opportunity for us to be positive and encouraging Caleb. Yes. It's just, it's not the forum. It's not the place. It's not. And, and if if you, if you want to, you know, rip and shred on something, even if it's a topic you believe in, Mm -hmm. you know, drop a one liner and ripping on something. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's the point of that? Yeah. And I think, I think too often too, and, Wow, I'm, people are going to be mad at this for this, I'm sure. But I think too often um, we as pastors, um, our favorite topic to bash is the church. Like this is this is this is the bride of Christ, and we're bashing the church. We're we're bashing the bride of Christ. I don't you think Jesus is a little offended by that? I think it's he's grieved. He's grieved. Yeah, and and we uh, we have to be much wiser. We have, we have to be better than that. Yeah, when it comes to social media, because when it's in social media, it, the world is watching us, and we have to be more Christ-like. Good stuff, Charlie. Thank you so much. And that is a boom, and boom. <laughs> <laughs>